Hey, how's it going? I'm Nathan, the secular media critic, or uh, one of the secular media critics. And uh, today I'll be reviewing uh, reviewing season one, episode two, the variant of the Disney Plus series Loki. Uh, first of all, just uh, before I get into it, I want to say I thought it was very well done. Uh, the episode was extremely well paced. It built well to the end, uh, and everything looked pretty good. I like the the outfits and the uh, the kind of dark look, and I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. It was a nice little getaway for, for about an hour. Uh, so I uh, guess I'll go ahead and uh, get started on it on a few things that stuck out to me. Maybe some of the scenes and themes. Uh, first thing, the Ren Fair. Really, really think that was a that was a kind. Of, it was a little confusing at first because I they do a lot of time jumping, and for some reason in my mind, I thought maybe I read that wrong and they'd gone farther into the past. Uh, uh, they do kind of they kind of show uh, well in the lead up to it, they show uh, Loki kind of becoming a uh, whole cloth for a while there. So I'm kind of glad he didn't because I would have would have been kind of disappointed in the character if he didn't. At least try to undermine him. I mean, not, if not immediately before too long, which he did do. Uh, he seemed to be kind of psyching him out later on. So I was back into it. Uh, huh. Uh, I do notice uh, they are going the route with all of the Lokis, like I figured they were gonna, or it's gonna presumably be more than two, uh, as one of the scenes later on in the series, uh, where they basically like showed all the different different character types you can get in the role-playing game. Uh, they had, like, Orc Loki and uh, Blue Loki and uh, just all of the different uh, types. They didn't show any attacks, but they did discuss skills, so it fit right into the role-playing game uh, reference. Hmm. And it, it also, I couldn't really get past this since, since my whole theme here is to be, is to talk about it from a secular perspective. I get it's it's fiction, but still, I, I'm still concerned about uh, about any kind of situation where where you just kind of give up, uh, where basically, I guess, like a authoritarian state apparatus is basically enforcing the will of some godlike creatures that nobody's even sure whether they exist or not, or like where they derive their authority or power from. Everybody just kind of assumes that they're that they're all knowing and all great and you know therefore they're being all powerful that they're necessarily looking out for the best interest of everybody uh which is seems to be kind of heavily implied loki's not totally buying it and i'm not either which you know kind of makes me uh identify with the character a little more of course there there's ren slayer uh she appears to be some kind of some kind of uh admin uh for the time variant authority and who uh who seems to be i really like the character uh despite the tva being kind of generally creepy and and you know giving me not very good vibes uh, i do i do like the interactions with her and the uh, agent mobius i do think they have a really good chemistry uh yeah so i guess i'll leave it at that i kind of wanted to i kind of got to thinking for a minute there uh just the 
just the possible politics at a time varying authority. I'm not sure if they would be just autocratic or because they have like a religious leader or they technically like some kind of theocratic uh, uh, organization that's just uh, hyper technically advanced, which can, you know, which kind of leads into the dystopian deal, which I'm, which I'm really, really cool with. I mean, you know, the dystopian stuff is really interesting. I feel like it's kind of hit its peak, you know, with everybody having anxiety about the economy and uh, global uh, politics and global warming. And it's, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know, I kind of find solace in stories that also kind of revolve around, you know, being kind of dark and they're always seeming like there's some kind of impending disaster that everybody's working to to avoid, which I feel like does kind of to kind of present that. I mean, I feel like it's not it's not relieving it by making everybody ignore real uh, real uh, threats posed by you know nature and each other, but it does kind of I do kind of like it when media kind of reflects that that real life geopolitic it's really it's really interesting at least on at least with a lot of media becoming darker and kind of kind of more uh, a little more dystopian or I guess, I guess a little more awareness of what real life is actually like the characters aren't all good and all bad they're all kind of kind of you know they can help out here they can be good in this instance they're bad in that instance which I mean I, I really like that nuance in real life I'm I kind of grew up on media that was, you know, good guy, this bad guy, that even though the good guys sometimes would do bad things that they were like, their, their, their motives were pure and the bad guys motives were all terrible, which is, which is great that they're able to show a little more nuance. And speaking about it, I mean, uh, I really, I really like it, but I did notice like everything was really dark. I was kind of wondering if like my TV's, or, or my uh, my iPad settings were kind of low. I don't know what it was. It was just really, really dark. And I really liked it, especially it was a beautiful touch at the very end when the, uh, when the Rocksmart wasn't, like, brightly lit, where it was, like, you know, kind of almost kind of bright light, sterilizing light kind of deal. I thought that would have really killed the, killed the whole theme there at the end as, as things were starting to kind of spin out of control. I really thought that was the music and the lighting and all that at the end was extremely, extremely well done. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and another thing I thought was weird is that the, the librarians were like weirdly accurate from the way I've encountered librarians in real life, where it's very kind of, it's either like they're, they're kind of friendly animated or they're like, they're like, you know, they're very serious and and somber looking, which I, I just, uh, nobody I watched it would seem to notice that, but I guess I just spent, you know, spent way too much time in school libraries. Uh, yeah, the, the mission to Pompeii to check and see, to, to, uh, to test Loki, to test Loki's uh, hypothesis that if you mess with the time stream uh in areas that were about to be devastated and totally destroyed that it would not cause any kind of interruption that would be detectable by the tva's equipment 
another thing that really kind of got me is related to like local geopolitics is a lot of people's issues with especially like enforcement arms of local governments is how like it i'm not sure if it's the job that makes people uh apathetic and uh overly aggressive and makes people want to abuse their power not really sure if if the job attracts those kinds of people or if the job makes people that I mean, i'm not really i kind of feel like personally for me the jury's still out on whether it's it's just that's the crowd it attracts or if it slowly molds people into being you know thinking of themselves uh thinking of uh the people that they that they work around or or hold some some form of authority over as lessers or the other after a while i don't know i just just uh just something to think about uh i did notice uh before they went to the rock smart at the very end that they were mentioning that the fictional town in alabama was a company town which actually has a has a uh has a pretty dark history in the past since company towns are pretty much just uh, a private entity basically becomes the government which uh as somebody of my uh political ideology that's actually pretty uh sounds pretty terrible you know it's it's pretty dystopian I'm trying to find a nice keep it as nice as possible way of saying that but i mean company towns uh basically integrate private companies into becoming your uh the tax collector the grocery provider uh uh food and clothing you know clothing they basically just uh take over every aspect of the people in the town's life who all happen to be the employees and recently earlier this year at least there was an effort to try to allow areas especially out west where where companies could do that they could just have basically a town of employees that are totally at their mercy and they extract the value uh back from the little bit of payment that's given to the employees is abstracted through uh through inflated prices on shoes, clothes, homes, uh taxes. It's really it's really uh really pretty i think it's really terrible in my opinion uh it's pretty it can get pretty anti-democratic where the company not only regulates the the comp what the company does but also uses anti-democratic means to control the lives of employees that also live in their town so not only are they the grocery store and the clothing store and your tax people and the, you know and everything they also can uh totally lock you out of having any say about what happens in the town they yeah it, it, it's uh it just uh kind of made me think about that and i kind of kind of went and researched a little more i encourage you to too on uh, company towns i'm sure uh sure some some places maybe a minority of places are pretty rosy but it's pretty dark for the vast majority of people that existed in setups like that Hmm. And also made a note 
lady Loki is looks cool. It looks really cool. I was kind of afraid it was gonna be Orc Loki or uh, I don't know, look like a blue person Loki, which I'm sure are very interesting characters in their own respects. But I really, really thought the uh, uh, Sylvie uh, that actually said she wasn't a Loki or not to call her a Loki. So I don't know if she's like if she's a Loki that just no longer identifies with um, with uh, her original persona or if she's uh, so from such an altered version of Loki that that uh, she's no longer technically Loki Maybe she's like a reincarnated version or or some something. I'm not really sure what the logic's gonna be on that because it's just episode two, but I really, really look forward to it. She looks cool, so I'm gonna give the character a chance and um you know, sort of settling into the you know, feel of the movie and I'm still sort of catching the sense of it right. more and more. You know, the first couple of times I was just have a hard time following it and I you know it, it, I've got to say it's a very fast paced yeah program yeah you know and uh, it uses the medium very well you know the fast cuts and so on and so forth yeah it does kind of fly by a little bit but yeah you know but but I'm sort of getting the sense and it maintains this kind of dystopian sensibility throughout yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the issue that really kind of amazes me is um, how much the producers are trying to get out of this. I mean, there's, yeah. there's this television series, scads of movies, yeah. you know, which would probably spawn further television series. Right. I mean, it, unfortunately, it's really is sounding like a commodity. Mm. You know, the the idea has become a commodity, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, simply because, you know, what I've been noticing when I watch television, yeah. and, you know, you see some of these long-running television pro programs, you know, and they just keep going and going and going. And what I've started to really appreciate are television series. You know, of course, let me back up for a moment. Of course, you know, the actors and actresses really love if they go on and on because it means that they get paid <laughs> that they have a job for as much as they wish to uh, you know for as long as they can stand doing a you know particular character yeah. you know and hopefully they have other creative work which can keep their uh, keep them fresh but you know uh, the other I'm glad to see at least they've all are working yeah, yeah. you know that are all the people that are doing the program but the other side of the coin is my my feeling is is to give it an arch yeah you know where you've got maybe instead of you know 20 years of this that or the other thing you've got maybe seven or eight ten tops right. and it's got an arch in terms of uh you know the plot character development and that sort of thing i mean certain characters are really going to develop. I mean, there's one series that I watched where they keep on adding, you know, 
a character here and there. You know, maybe one character will fade and they'll add another character. Right. And it's the same, you know, the same arch of, you know, relationship problems and right. job problems, you know, and yeah. the same kind of stuff. It's just that they're, you know, mixing up whether it's um, a man or a woman who's having the problem and who's the jerk in that particular situation. Right. You know, so, you know what I'm saying? And so that when you've got when you've got a uh, a program like Loki, which as I say I'm finally getting into and finally really beginning to enjoy, hmm. when I think it's going to have ten movies, yeah, and whatever other TV series is spawned from that, I mean, is is it going to is the characterization and the story line going to start suffering because of that? Hmm. Well, it's kind of it's kind of difficult. Because the the whole, the whole plot of it is, I mean, well, I, actually, a couple of them. One of the movies has already come out, and it's like the first movies to come out are about characters that died in the first arc. So it's like it's kind of weird. Like these characters can't be carried over to the next arc because they're dead in the main storyline. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. They're using like the variant stuff to introduce the new bad guys for the new arc of movies so it's like the characters that are gonna carry on from the television series mm-hmm. are like not even the stars of the series yeah so it's, it's, it's like a they're doing the ad. prequel yeah it's like a it's like an ad for another thing but it's this thing it's, yeah. weird. it's like the art is the ad for the yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they make good material, but that's, that's so it's like Kang. Or by making a decent movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's like the TVA is the t- arc arc of the TVA is gonna keep going. The arc of the villain is gonna keep going once they reveal it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but they said they reveal the villain for the movie series. So it's like, but these guys are like, they're gonna keep going, and these shows are gonna end. So I just kind of wonder how everybody's gonna take that once it's yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but as I say, you know, yeah. there it is about what I, uh, what I feel an ideal TV series would make. Right. You know. Uh, are, we, are we recording already? Yeah. Oh damn! Really? Yeah, we've been. I haven't been speaking up. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've we've got about you know ten fifteen minutes already. Oh okay. okay. And sound is sound is really nice. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this works out really well. Yeah, I didn't even realize. I thought we were just chopping it up. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I realize that I'm, as soon as I turn on the mic when we've recorded in the past, that all of a sudden my speech becomes really chopped yeah. up and uncomfortable, oh. and I'm very. I'm speaking very comfortably now, right, so right. we're having just a regular conversation. Yeah. But I, we are kind of though. <laughs> I guess I, um, I guess I have taken control of my speech. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. yeah well, there it is. I've been, yeah. I'm I'm on a roll tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that radio station that you gave me the referral to, the radio station yeah. you're talking about. You know. Uh, it had a uh, Democracy Now on there. Oh yeah. And like it's been so long since I used to listen to Democracy Now when I was really young when they when she first started up. Yeah. yeah. And it was like I kind of floated off from it, and then I was like, it had it on the had it on the program, so I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's. I forgot uh, Amy. Uh, Amy Goodman. Yeah, yeah. You know she's. Uh, I really admire Amy Goodman. You know because uh, yeah she's just uh, no holds barred. She's right there. You know well. Uh, and it was in the Middle East. It might have been in Afghanistan. You know, while 
all of her colleagues were in the hotel bar chatting it up. She was out in the streets interviewing people and actually reporting, oh, you know, on, on what was going on. Out. So she's courageous, you know. She's, yeah. She and her cameramen wow. you know, are just really, you know, the real deal. Yeah, didn't she get swept up at a... And they, like, they charged her with destruction of property, even though she was, like, just there embedded with them? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't, I don't remember, I don't remember that particular issue with her. Uh, I don't remember at all. Uh You know, I mean, I, uh, you know, I I actually, you know, I haven't listened to um, uh, her programs consistently in a while, but I like them, so there are a lot of things that I've missed about what she's up to. Right. Uh, is Juan Gonzalez still her sidekick on the air? As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she has like a rotating, I think it's like, you know, yeah. yeah. And the, but they all say the thing, the little catchphrase she does, like, we like, welcome everybody who's listening around the nation and around the world or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 